0: Today, let's just come hungry. We, we've already seen God move already in the worship. Brett's word is incredible. Um, and let's just keep our hearts open. So Father, I thank you for Brett. I thank you for a friend, uh, to use biblical language, a co-worker in the gospel. And I uh, thank you for him. I thank you for Claire. Thank you for the amazing kids. Would you bless him today as he preaches your word? Amen. Amen. Morning, everybody. How are you doing? It's good to, good to be with you this morning. Um, and thanks, Dan. Thanks, Dan and Stoller, for the privilege. It's awesome to be able to share with uh, you guys. If I haven't met you, uh, my name is Brett. Uh, my wife, Claire, and our kids have uh, recently joined you. And just want to say a massive thank you. You guys have wrapped us up in, like, love. You know, big serious. <laughs> Genuine, just, like, embrace, and it's been amazing. Um, just quickly, before I, I get going, I just wanted to say... Um, just feel so stirred by just what we've experienced and, and just the faith that is in this room for healing. You know, I was, I was just reminded during worship, uh, Paul writes in in one uh, in, in Romans in chapter 1. He says, when, I, when we get together, I want to encourage you in your faith, but I also want to be encouraged by yours. And I just love how this morning, um, it's not about one person. has brought her faith in terms of what she's feeling God's moving. Lizzie's come and shared an incredible testimony. I literally was like, man, there is faith in the room for healing. And I'm so glad Dan like picked up on that and just ran with that. And I just want to say, guys, this is a beautiful space. We bring our faith, God, like I encourage you with what I'm carrying, you encourage me. It's a community that just builds faith in the room and I think it's beautiful. So I just want to say, well done. Well done for, for coming with faithful hearts to see what God is going to do this morning. Um, yeah, like Dan said, we were away uh, last week, Ryan myself and Dan, and it was an incredible time. Um, it felt like a week's worth of input, like just crammed into two days. It was just really, really special, um, and I just—it's amazing to see how God is renewing. Uh, the call on the Church for creative imagination to restore that um, there 's a creative call in the church for for worship and for reaching out to to the people beyond this room and it 's just beautiful to see how God is doing it throughout the world. There was a moment on the in the Friday night when um, Jake Isaac, who is a a friend of this church, he was leading worship, and I kind of found myself in the corner of this grand Building that we were in that kind of dates back to like the 1700s, and that's seen thousands of people come through its doors to worship. And just thinking, man, Lord, my heart was just so filled with gratitude to be a part of the story that God is writing. And it's not just that He's doing it in London; He's doing it here. God is on the move in the Middle East. He is on the move in Dubai. He's on the move here, where you are located. And I want to encourage you: you play a vital role in the body of Christ. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that is beautiful. We can all go home now. <laughs> um, so, so today we are starting kind of the final letter of our city series, which is the Y, which is yielding. Um, so I'm going to be starting the landing of this, of this series. And I'm going to be looking at yielding within the context of worship and developing a culture of worship and encounter. Um, And worship is an essential tool, arguably the most essential tool that we have as Christians in our toolbox of of faith, individually and corporately together. Um, So I really trust that you just grab hold of of what God has been doing in this room, what He is doing, and what He's going to continue to do. Um, In the middle of of COVID, around May 2020, there was an article that came out, it should pop up on the screen, by by BBC, um, and it was entitled... Uh, okay, uh, it, the, it was, there it is, the world's most accessible stress reliever, and it's talking about singing. Um, and the, the first line of the article says there, whether you have a voice of a songbird or sound like some ball bearings in a blender, singing singing can have some remarkably pos- positive effects. Um, and then the next article was uh, a, a university in Sweden did a study on groups that sing together, um, and qu- choirs specifically, and they measured hu- their heart rates and. Apparently, it's incredible to see how the more they sing together, their heart rates come into line with with one another. So there's incredible, like just natural kind of unity that is built as people when we are in this room singing together. But there's there's a spiritual component and there's a spiritual aspect to what happens when, as a church, we gather to worship the King. Not only are we physically brought together in unity, but spiritually God does some incredible stuff. A.W. Tozer has this amazing quote where he says, Has it ever occurred to you that 100 pianos all tuned to the same fork are automatically tuned to each other? They are of one accord by being tuned, not to each other, but to another standard to which each must... Each one must individually bow. So 100 worshipers meet together, each looking away to Christ, are in heart nearer to each other than they could possibly be were they to become unity conscious and turn their eyes away from God and strive for closer fellowship. So worship is this beautiful moment where God brings us into unity together. But Worship is so much more than just what we've done now, and then singing and and music, and it's so much more than, like, good sound and good moments. Like, that's not the end goal of worship. I really, my heart this morning is that I can encourage us into deeper moments as a church community, deeper moments of encounter with our King. It's about a, a heart that is yielded to God. This isn't just about ticking a box and kind of being like, okay, cool, worship's done, preach, let's go home and continue on. With life it 's about a heart desperate to meet with a loving Father, and if you are new to the Christian faith or if this is your first time kind of kind of stepping in the church building um, as Christians, we believe that God created you, and it 's an amazing truth God created you created you uniquely i, I don 't know if you 've looked around Dubai, but there 's no one that really looks like you <laughs> you 're unique and and worship is this way that we can offer God our unique worship i can 't offer the worship that you can you can 't offer the worship. That I can. There's this unique offering and gift that we give God in our moments of worship. Worship simplified is assigning worth to something. So this morning I'm going to look at a, chapter of, a passage of Scripture in Luke 19, and then I've got four points that I'd love to just talk around. Um, so if you do have a Bible, or it will come up on the screen, or if you want to take notes by yourself, um, it's Luke 19, and we're going to look from verse 1 to 10. It's the story of Zacchaeus is the tax collector. So it goes like this. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see he wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was so short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead, climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot he looked up and said "Zacchaeus come down immediately I must meet at your house today." So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people that saw this began to mutter, "He has gone to be the guest of a sinner." But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the, said to the Lord, "Look Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything I will repay back four times the amount." Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. My first point is that worship gets you in position. Zacchaeus' desire to see Jesus drove him into position for, at the very least, like a sight of Jesus walking by. But he got more than he bargained for, and he had this incredible life changing encounter with Jesus. I want to share a a quick story to hopefully illustrate the points. But um, the year was 2014, and my wife Claire and I had just got married. Um, And as you do, you head off to honeymoon. And it was really exciting. And the first part of the honeymoon was awesome. And then I booked this accommodation for like the second week of our honeymoon, which was just an absolute shocker. It was so bad. And um, in hindsight, I'm pretty embarrassed about it, but it was like the power was going off half the time, and... We were trying to call the people and and be like, hey, is there, can anyone come and help us? The, no one picked up the phone. We went searching for like um, people to help us. There was no one around. Eventually, I find Claire on her phone scrolling through different accommodation so that we can go find another spot to, <laughs> to look for. It had got it had got that bad, um, and Claire had found this this five-star lodge. Uh, in the middle of Kruger National Park. And if you're not um, from South Africa, where I'm from, Kruger National Park is probably one of the better uh, game reserves in Africa. Um, and it was this really, really, like, lonely spot. So we kind of were like, man, it's pretty expensive, but we, we're going to go for it because, like, we just – it's not great where we are here. So so the day comes, and um, we head off, and we get there, and we spend, like, all our money, and we book one night. <laughs> and uh, And we get there. And so context, we, at the time, I was 22, Claire was 25, we get there, and there's a whole bunch of, like, people in their late 40s, like, early 50s. Any shout-out to the, the early 50s in the room? Oh, come on. <laughs> um, so so we, we get there, and it's, it's kind of people all holidaying from Europe, and they're seasoned travelers. Like, they know this. They've, they've done this before. And we are kind of there, just like, well, are we have one night. And they're like, hey, "Oh, we here for like a whole week and stuff." Anyway, there is a picture that that should be co- there. it is. there we are. That's us at the with those are our elderly elderly friends over there. Um. <laughs> 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 um. Anyways, um. So so anyway, so the, so the time comes and eventually we've got. Uh, it's time for the game drive. And they kind of wake you up early. If you've ever been on a game drive, they give you a wake-up call. You wake up at 5 a.m. and you're ready to go. You get into the vehicle and off you go. It's really exciting. The game driver heads off into the middle of nowhere. You don't really know what you're going, but you are looking and you're scanning. You're scanning the treetops to see if you can see anything. You're looking through the bush, not at the bush. There's a little tip for anyone who's going on a game drive soon. You look through the bush. Don't look at the bush. And and eventually we come, uh, we're driving around, and I think I see something. So... I kind of courageously offer up a stop, 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 stop. stop. The game vehicle comes to a stop. And I say to the game ranger, I think there's something over there. So he gets out his binoculars and he checks. and, And there's a lioness like sitting just off the road in front of us there. And it's really exciting. And he starts to look and he says, actually, there's a whole pride. And there was a pride of lions and their cubs and everything It was amazing and we We spent the rest of the morning kind of like just journeying with this pride and They eventually got up and they started moving and we It was just amazing and The rest of the game drive was even better. We saw two leopards, we saw some bush babies we saw a honey badger it was just it was epic um, and this was like our first kind of big experience in a, in the bush and and I, we absolutely loved it, and it really did like um, changed the way that we saw the bush, and we were like, we just can't wait to get back here. So why am I telling you this story? The reason I'm telling you this story is because our desire to go and encounter um, these incredible animals and to get into a space where we were in close proximity to these animals drove us to get into position where we could see them. And for us as a church, if Zacchaeus had stayed where he was, he may have heard the crowd singing and cheering for Jesus. They may, he may have heard uh, Jesus' name being shouted out as he came past. But if he didn't get into position, he would never have seen Jesus. And he would never even, even encounter Jesus like he did. So for us here this morning, God is, God is calling us to get into position and that our desire will drive us into a position where we can encounter Jesus in that space. So worship gets us in position, which is my first point. Secondly, worship, worship deepens our desire. Something that I love about the passage of, of Scripture that we read is that it's not Zacchaeus' holiness that catches Jesus' attention. It's Zacchaeus's desire that catches Jesus' attention. If you are kind of new to the Bible and ancient Israel, a tax collector was not a super popular figure in that time of uh, history. Basically, Rome was ruling Israel, and tax collectors worked for the Rome, Roman government collecting tax um, from their own people. So they were almost seen as as betraying people and, and getting wealthy off the backs of their own people. Verse 7 tells us this. It says, all the people saw this and began to mutter, Jesus has gone to be the guest of a sinner. Um, and you may feel out of place here this morning. You may feel a bit like, oh man, I don't quite have it all together. I'm not like the rest of these people. But I want to tell you, it's not your holiness that catches Jesus' attention. It's your desire to encounter Him that catches your attention. Just like Claire and myself, when we got we got to that, that, that lodge, we felt horribly out of place because we, we had never kind of been in this environment. We had one night there. So it was this thing of being Our desperation to make the most of that time drove us into a position where we were scanning, looking for these animals. Everyone else was kind of like on their phone, just like casually. They'd done this before, so it was like this was second nature to them. They'd become familiar with with kind of seeing these and encountering these incredible animals. But for us, our desire was so strong that we were just searching and looking and looking. And we can be in the presence of Jesus You can can come into this room, experience people worshiping, singing, hear testimonies of, of people healing, and yet not encounter Jesus. Because your heart is what draws us into that place of encounter. The Holy Spirit is here with us right now. That's what Scripture teaches us. But it's a heart that desperately wants to see Him and meet Him that will meet Jesus Matthew seven seven says, "Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened." During our, our the conference that we were at last week. I attended a, a, like a breakout session um, with the worship team from Upper Room in Dallas. And it was just, it was a really great time. And one of the lines that came out of that time that I that I just jotted down was God's greatest desire is to dwell with his people. When we align with that, something special happens. So point number two, worship deepens our desire. Po- point number three is that worship transforms our life. In verse eight, it says, but Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Lord, look, uh, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. If I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will repay back four times the amount. This is a man who made his wealth on the back of his people, who cheated and stole to to get where he was and instantly after an encounter with Jesus, his life is transformed, and he is one of the, someone who 's so generous who 's looking to restore the injustices that he created and For us, when we got back from our trip. Kruger, we were pretty much changed people. We were telling everyone about the encounters that we had. I was like, I was uh, telling people, yo, you know, you know, when you encounter lions, you must look at what their ears are doing because it kind of signals where they're going and they're communicating to the rest of the the pride what's happening. And I'm just retelling stories of what the game ranger has told me. And everyone's like, wow, that's really impressive, man. And I was like, yeah, it is. Um, but... <laughs> I want to say that, that acknowledging and hosting the presence of God in our meetings is a breeding ground for God to do incredible supernatural things. I mean, this morning was just an incredible testimony of, of of what God is doing in our community. Salvation, healing, miracles, prayer, infilling of the Holy Spirit, conviction, repentance, restoration of marriages, relationships. These things are all possible when our hearts are postured in a place of worship. It's my own story. I grew up as a pastor's kid. I read the Bible. I had been in meetings like this where people had shared testimonies. I'd been in the presence of Jesus and yet not fully encountered him because my heart wasn't there. And then when I was 14 at a youth camp, um, I, I encountered Jesus for the first time. And in that same meeting was filled with the Holy Spirit and my life was changed in that moment. And that is what the power of a heart desperate to see Jesus. Your life will be transformed. So point number three is that worship transforms our life. And then the last point I have here is that worship will sustain you. The one thing I, I haven't quite said about the, um, the, the, the game drive trip that, that Claire and I went on, and you may have experienced this if you've been on a safari before, is that um, there'll be patches where you don't see anything. Half an hour will go by, 45 minutes will go by, even an hour will go by, and you may not see a single thing, but you don't stop looking you don't stop looking because just around the corner could be a pride of lions sitting on the road. And it's the same principle for our faith. Just because you can't see God working, I mean, we sang it this morning, just because you can't feel him working doesn't mean he's not there. Pete Hughes, who leads KXC Church in London, says this all throughout Scripture. Breakthroughs come as the people of God find their voice in praise. I've got two examples of this, which I think really help um, illustrate that, that quote. is In Acts 16, to 25, it's a story about Paul and Silas. They've just been beaten. They've just been whipped. They've been accused in, or, or put on trial and put into prison for preaching the gospel. But what they're doing in prison is singing and praying and singing hymns to God at midnight. And the rest of the, the, the prisoners are, are, are aware of, of the praise that is emanating from their cell. And at midnight, God um, breaks through and an earthquake kind of shakes the, the prison. And they're freed. Everyone's freed. Um, and it's this this incredible picture of them worshiping, even in literal prison. Um, 2 Chronicles 20, 21 to 22 is the story of King Jehoshaphat who led the the Israelites at a time when they had three nations that had come against them to to, to fight them. And the story goes that Jehoshaphat kind of consults his, his military advisors, and there's nothing that they can do so they gather the nation together and they say, God, our eyes are on you. And verse 21 says, After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise Him for the splendor of His holiness as they went out ahead of the army, saying, Give thanks to the Lord, for His love endures forever. As they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and, and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. You may be in the middle of a battle right now. You may feel like you are chained up and in prison right now. I want to say that your, your best response is in a place of worship. You might remember like, I don't know, one or two things that I say this morning, but, but it's amazing just practically what singing these songs on a Sunday can do for you when you're not surrounded by a community like this. Think about the songs that we sang this morning. You heard your children then, you hear your children now. You are the same God. You are the same God. I even think about that other, there's that Hillsong song. It goes, don't let your heart be troubled. Hold your head up high. Don't fear no evil. Fix your eyes on this one truth. God is madly in love with you. Take courage, hold on, be strong, and remember where your help comes from. William Temple, who's the Archbishop of Canterbury, or former Archbishop, says this, Worship is the submission of all our nature to God. It is the quickening of our conscience by His holiness, nourishment of mind by His truth, purifying of imagination by His beauty, opening of the heart to His love, and submission of will to His purpose. And all this gathered up in adoration is the greatest human expressions of which we are capable. Worship is the greatest of human expressions Of which we are capable. I wonder if I can invite the the band up, if that's fun. As I kind of bring this to land, I want to kind of just leave you with a few questions. Is what move do you need to make this morning to get yourself into position to encounter Jesus? Like Zacchaeus, he had to make a move, he had to climb the tree. And there's the thing about making a move and yielding to what the Spirit is saying to you is that there will be a cost. All yielding has some sort of a cost. For for Zacchaeus, it, it, it may have been the thing that he was putting his reputation, he was being willing to be mocked and humiliated by climbing a tree as a tax collector. And for all of us, God may be tugging at your heart that you know there's something that he is calling you to that requires a sense of, of yielding and letting go. And maybe it's a sense of like false sense of control that we have over life. Maybe you're needing to forgive someone or there's a fence or, or you're needing to lay down something in your life that God is just asking you to yield. But I wanna say it like these moments can be scary and then you may have questions, what will happen? What, what if I do this and how would this work? But God is a good God. Jesus is a faithful Father, and he, he he doesn't let His children down. And when you yield to Him, there's so much more that He will bring into your life. Matthew 10, 39 says, Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And I just love that. So I, I really trust that this morning our hearts desire would be to encounter Jesus, to have our lives transformed by Jesus, for Him to deepen our desire of these moments of encounter, because they will transform our life. And when they transform our life, it's not only us that that reap the benefit of that transformation, the city, this region reaps the benefit of God moving in our lives.